Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth, and I'm here today with Scott T.P. Jr., the Chief Operating Officer and Co-Founder of Proactive Safety Services. Scott is also the Business Development Leader for T.P. Mechanical Contractors. He enjoys working with clients and prospects to help solve their safety and mechanical needs. Scott, thanks for joining us here today. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. Proactive Safety is a safety services company out of Cincinnati, Ohio, providing expert consultation and services to business seeking to establish or improve their safety programs, while TP Mechanical offers full mechanical contracting services from $500 to $40 million. Across five major cities in three states. What the, what cities do you actually serve? Uh, we service the Columbus, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Lexington, and Louisville markets. Mm-hmm. And is TP a union shop? No, we're a merit shop contractor. Marriage shop contractor. Mm-hmm. I like the way that sounds. Before we get started, Scott, let me tell everyone about some of the shows that are coming up. Next week, we have two great shows. We have Steve Phillips from Purple Trout. Steve is going to be talking about web search optimization as well as content management. And on Friday, we're going to have Scott Simpson from Precision Staffing Services who works with companies that are looking for good employees. Then we're going to have a commercial realtor, John Dwyer from Dwyer Commercial. Then on Friday the 22nd, we'll have Mike Kegley from Bold Homes. Uh, Another home builder, John Uber Jr., is going to be the following week. Then we're going to have uh, Dave Doherty. He's the ex-CEO of uh, Convergys, and he's back in the call center business, onshoring call center work. With his company, education and work should be really interesting. He's employing college students to do call center work here in America, pricing their services competitively with companies that are using Asian and Filipino call centers. I thought that was a a great little business idea. Uh, In tax season, we'll have uh, Al Perlman on November, I'm sorry, March 15th to talk about taxes, 
And show number 100 will have Thane Maynard from the Cincinnati Zoo. Hopefully he won't be, bring any snakes or armadillos. And we have a whole bunch of more shows playing through, through April right now. Uh, Scott has agreed to take some questions uh, from the audience. So we will screen those calls during the commercial breaks. The number to call in is 646-595-4916. Okay. What else can I tell people about? Our next cold call camp here in Cincinnati will be March 27th. That's an all-day program. Uh, you can call the office and we'll give you some further details on that. Scott, why don't you uh, tell our listeners how proactive safety services came into being? Well, about four years ago, we uh, <clears throat> I was actually out on a job site with uh, our one of our safety coordinators in Cincinnati and just kind of tagging along with him to get an idea of what he did and, and uh, really wanted to see uh, it kind of worked out because I was working on a project that he was going to. So I, I kind of rode along with him and uh, I left the business back in 1999. And at that time, that's when we were really starting to ramp up on the mechanical contracting side, our safety program. And, you know, I, I had in my head at that point that that's just the way everybody did it. Well, we go out to the job site, and in that particular job site, uh, there had been a fatality the week before, and we probably found 50 OSHA violations that weren't uh, from TV Mechanical, but were from other contractors on the site. And so we just kind of started talking, and, and, and you know, really it was eye-opening to me that is, other... Is that unusual to have 50 violations on a site? Because I know rules can be overbearing sometimes. Yeah, I think that was a, a typically unusual site. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, maybe the construction manager or the GC wasn't very uh, safety conscious, but uh, it was just so eye-opening to see that all these other companies really didn't value safety. They didn't really understand what the law was and or or they just didn't care about it, one of the two. And we, we saw a pretty good opportunity that, one, um, there needed to be a company out there that wasn't a government agency that was trying to push companies to value safety, as well as uh, we felt like, with our expertise and the people that work within our organization, we we would be able to help them become a safer company. So that's how we kind of got our start. Mm-hmm. And uh, are there any uh, special certifications your company needed to get proactive safety to, to be an instructor in safety? Well, and for our company as a company, there really isn't a certification. There's different uh, professional organizations that we could be members of or get, you know, uh, I don't know. I guess would be certified by a by like a like if there's an I set out there you can you can have your training certified that way. Really, the certifications uh, lie with the people that that are working for us. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of uh, companies do you work with for safety? We work with all types of companies. Um, when we first started, obviously construction uh, was our background. Um, from a company standpoint, our safety director actually had spent twenty. 20 to 25 years in the general industry, a lot of industrial manufacturing type work. So to get our start, we, we really focused on construction companies that were in our area. And then we kind of moved into, uh, over the last few years, really trying to focus in on not only construction, but manufacturing and industrial companies. So all different types, uh, they all do different types of services. Uh, every company is different, we're finding, and they all they all have a different challenge to overcome. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we, we picked up a new client uh, last year, and they said, let's give you a, t- a tour of the facility, Mike. So they took me out to the facility, and because of the safety rules, I wasn't allowed to get out of the truck. We mm-hmm. rode around in the truck, and they explained and gave me the tour from inside the truck. Well, you'll see it right away. I mean, that's one of the things that we try to work with our clients with is, you know, it's it's a company-wide effort. It's not just uh, your superintendent or the uh, people out in the field or your people in your office. It's got to come from the top, and it, and it has to be built in all your procedures for people to really understand and uh, value what, what you're trying to do to keep your employees safe. Yeah, I mean, they, were, they said, you know, even if you put on steel-tip shoes and work clothes and a hard hat, you didn't sit through the eight-hour training program, <laughs> so you're not allowed on the, on the ground. You know, it's funny you say that. We 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 talked to a lot of companies that don't don't have an orientation program, that aren't doing uh, job hazard analysis to find out what the actual hazards are for the job. So, essentially, by law, they're sending their employees out to work without training them. That's not really what you're supposed to do. But um, occasionally, we'll uh, we'll run into companies that that are doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Doing the right thing is important. Um, one of the, the typical ways that, that you go to market at proactive safety. Oh, our strategy for proactive to go to market is it's a multifaceted approach. Uh, we have a traditional salesperson uh, as well as a telemarketer to help set appointments. That's one aspect. Uh, we've really worked hard to grow our email database. Um, we try to only send one or two emails a month. Uh, we have over 900 people, I believe, or just shy of 900 that are following us on our blog. Uh, we try to post two times a day during the week just to make people aware of different stories and stuff that we find out there. Uh, we also use our uh, website and, and targeted landing pages with uh, AdWords through Google and Bing. Um, some of the things that aren't, you know, I guess these are more traditional. We, we do try to follow up on every sale. I don't know if that's operations or marketing, but... Uh, and then we also like to uh, make sure we, we thank our customers. So, What do you mean by follow-up on each sale? Well, the way we have it set up in our system is um, at the end of the month or every two weeks, uh, a report comes out with all the sales that were completed, and then our salesperson, part of his job is to actually follow up with the customer and make sure that they're satisfied with the sale. Now, sometimes, uh, you know, if you have a good customer that, that works with you repeatedly every month, you know, you, you may just be calling to check in and, and stuff like that, but... Anytime there's a new customer, definitely, we always want to make sure that they're satisfied. And uh, so far, we've been pretty lucky. Um, I'd say 99% of the time, we, we've called and it's been nothing good news. Um, you know, and, and I think a couple times we've had to, to make some corrections, but um, we made it right with the customer and, and moved forward from there. So it's something like you sending someone out and doing a, a safety program for a company? Correct. We we would go. Let's say they wanted a safety manual. That seems to be a big one. You'd be surprised how many companies don't even have a, a basic, simple safety manual. So we'll uh, we'll we'll take care of the manual for them. Uh, go review it with them. Let them beat it up and yeah, make any recommendations for changes that they want. They send it back to us. We make the changes, and then after they get a chance to uh, review it again, we always like to follow up and make sure that they're happy with it. So the safety manuals have to be updated every year. It depends on the industry if their processes change. Uh, if they get into a new type of business or they're exposing their employees to different types of chemicals or hazards or, you know, really it just depends on them. If if, if they're changing their processes and what they do or adding things, 
then yeah, there, there should be an update made. Um, if your company is pretty much moving forward the same way it always has, uh, you know, it's not bad to look it over. But uh, once once you have it in place, the uh, standards and the best practices have been around for a while, so there's not much changing that really has to happen. So how big are these safety manuals? Is it a four-page book, a 100-page book, a 400-page book? It depends on your industry and what Give you do. To be honest, uh, I believe for the mechanical contractor, uh, we're you know a little bit over 100 pages. I've seen businesses where they're less than 30, and, I, and I've seen businesses where they're over 200. So... It really depends on what they do, uh, what kind of dangers they're exposing their employees to, and um, how you know how thorough they are in, in making sure that they're keeping their employees safe. So something like a, an automobile repair shop or an auto dealership, what kind of books should they have? Uh, you know, it, it depends on what they do inside of there, I guess. You know, I hate to be so detail oriented, but um, you know, it, it, it's just gonna it's just gonna depend on the machinery that they're using, uh, what kind of hazards are posed inside of that auto shop, if it's it's a shop where they're just using jacks to jack up the car and, and stuff like that, probably 30, 40 pages. Uh, you start getting into raising the car up or going in the pits or going into confined spaces or dealing with a lot of different chemicals, uh, then you're looking probably more like 100. Right. Interesting. Remind me to show you this guy's business. Uh what what do you think your unique marketing is? Do you have any competition? That's the first question. Yeah, we do actually. Uh, Centos is a big competitor um, for CPR first aid services. Uh, they also do some other safety training. Uh, so it's tough to overcome them sometimes when they're sharding their documents, bringing their uniforms, and putting in their uh, uh, you know formats or, or whatever. Um, they would. I think they're probably the best of our competitors that have a really good presence out there for what they do. So they've expanded their their product line into your area as well. Well, I don't know if they were there before us or not. To be honest with you, uh, I think they might have started just before us. But they're primarily focusing on the CPR first aid training, uh, from what I understand, and the fire protection services that they do kind of roll hand in hand with safety. So they're a big competitor. Um, we have a uh, two or three others that are are fairly decent. A lot of our competition is one or two man shops. Um, you know, guys that have been in the business for a while or former OSHA employees, that that type of thing. So, uh, you know, we we run into other people every once in a while, but mostly it's, you know, we're dealing with the client directly. We're, we're not uh, actively bidding for their business. Okay. Uh, again, uh, Scott has agreed to answer questions. If you have any questions you want to call in, the number is 646-595-4900. And uh, we're going to take a short commercial break, and hopefully we'll listen to some callers. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never saw. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? 
If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Scott T.P. Jr., Proactive uh, Safety Solutions. Scott, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, you can reach me directly by dialing 513-550-3860. Visit us on our websites at www.pasafety.com or www.tpmechanical.com. Or you can email me at scott, period, tp, t as in Thomas, ee, p as in Paul, e, period, jr, at t as in Thomas, p P as in Paul, mechanical.com. Good. In the marketplace where you have competition, every company needs to have a unique marketing advantage, something that you drive into the top of mind of every prospect. What What is the top of mind of uh, a unique marketing advantage that you have a proactive? Well, I think for us, something that's very unique is our ability um, when we first go to find out what they're really looking for and not telling them, hey, we have all the answers for you right away, but you know, trying to possibly go through the, an assessment that we do or even... Um, you know, we'll, we'll go back and look at some of their records and, and, you know, I don't want to say we give them anything for free, but, you know, we're, we're not, we're not going out on our first appointment to try to close the sale. We're, we're trying to find out what they need and work with them to achieve a solution to their problem. And, uh, as you look at the marketplace, uh, what do you see as opportunities and possibilities? Well, there's several opportunities. Uh, we started the business uh, on least proactive safety services in one of the worst uh, economic times in our country. Uh, so for us, seeing that people are hiring again is a good thing because they're going to need to train their employees. That seems to be uh, something that's really picked up in the last six months for us. Uh, so, you know. You see a lot of new hiring? We do. We do see a lot of new hiring. Um, another thing for us is, is we are starting starting to feel this way anyway, that the companies are really starting to make safety a priority. I think once you get over 20, 30 employees, it starts to affect your pocketbook if your people are getting hurt all the time, uh, at least in Ohio's system with uh, the Bureau of Workers' Compensation. So uh, growing companies and people hiring more is definitely a great opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the construction world, there are a lot of companies uh, that subcontract out work. Uh, 
Mike Graybach. They were on the show a couple of uh, weeks ago. You wouldn't actually work with Graybach. You'd be working with Graybach's subcontractors. Uh, I'm, if I remember correctly, I think Graybach is a construction manager or a general contractor. Is that correct? Uh, they've been on government contracts. Okay, yeah. So if they have subcontractors, you know, it could work in several different ways. If Graybox customer, and usually it's customer-driven, not necessarily company-driven, if the customer, let's say they're building a new project and, and the customer wants somebody that's an expert in safety and construction safety to be on the site, the customer might push Graybox to contact a company like us to actually come and be on the site and, and have a person there while the, while the job's active. So... If they're starting at four in the morning, we get there at four in the morning, and if it ends at nine at night, then you know we might have two shifts. People come in and, and work work that for them. Uh, if so you'll actually have a, a safety person on duty during the entire time, construction day. Correct. Yes. Okay. Essentially, their their job is uh, they they handle all the orientations, uh, make sure that everybody's trained properly for the hazards on the job. They'll write a specific plan, a specific safety plan for that project. And then after everybody's kind of orientated on the site, they pretty much once an hour they they walk the site, um, you know, look for positive as well as negative things, correct the negative things, and then afterwards uh, complete a report and and then that summarizes up through the whole day. Uh, so basically, if there's an issue or a problem, we're there to help you know, find a solution to get past it, and as well as keep the people honest that are out on the site. I have to tell you that especially on the construction side of things. Safety um, glasses and gloves aren't very well liked by the people that work out there. It seems to be that's the biggest thing on our inspections is people don't have their gloves or their glasses on. So you know, I passed by the uh, Turner Construction site for the new dumb Humvees yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the guy at the gate flagging trucks out, he, he definitely had the glasses and gloves on. Yeah, well, Turner's a safe company, and uh, you know I'm. We always feel confident working with those guys because we know that the, the job sites will be safe. It's something that's that's important to us when we're looking at different projects, for sure. A lot of us, but... Oh, yeah. That's the site down 5th uh, and Race? Right. 5th and Race, right. right. Uh, next to the hotel. Correct. Uh, on the old parking lot. Right. Yesterday was just a big hole in the ground. Sure, yeah. Uh, big drills. And it's a really interesting project. We've been following it for a while. And Dunhambi, the way that they're building the building, they're leaving themselves a lot of flexibility uh, to grow or to shrink, which is unique uh, when you're building a building like that. But uh, we're looking forward to uh, bidding on it, actually. It's coming up here in, I think, a month or so. Yeah, it's an interesting building this year. First, what five floors? Three floors are going to be the garage, mm-hmm. which could be turned into offices. Yeah, it, 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 it's unique. It's something that you don't see every day, for sure. I tell you, it's really good to see that kind of construction work in downtown Cincinnati. Compliments to everyone who got that job going. Uh, do you see any obstacles to your growth? On the safety side, for us, uh, you know, the, the obstacles really are. You know, bringing on additional salespeople to get the message out, uh, making sure that we plan to allow for that. Uh, you know, that seems to be the biggest thing. Luckily, in the safety industry, uh, the government helps us out a little bit because they don't lessen the rules, I guess is the best way I can say it. They continually work to 
well, at least OSHA does and, and the other organizations out there are working to make the job site safer. And so naturally, um, the government kind of helps us by, you know, being a little bit more aggressive over this last uh, four or five years with the uh, new OSHA director in. So that helps. Are you working all over the country for proactive safety or just in the under the footprint of TP Mechanical? Well, depending on the opportunity, we're not going to turn down, you know, work no matter where it is. Uh, we're, we're willing to travel, you know, wherever our customers would need us. Uh, typically, we market in the Cincinnati and the Columbus areas mainly. Uh, we do a little bit in Kentucky, but with their workers' compensation plan, it's a little bit different. The insurance companies are a little bit more involved. Uh, so some of our services are actually picked up by the insurance companies. Uh, so Cincinnati and Columbus is, is really where we focus, and, and mainly at this point, uh, probably 85% Cincinnati and 15% Columbus. We do have um, one resource on staff in Columbus that's a safety specialist, and we do have several others that we can use. But um, it's just we're, we're this is our fourth year, so we're, we're trying to you know make sure we we stay profitable here, and then hopefully we can move to Columbus and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. When you talk to prospects. Uh, what do they tell you they're looking for in terms of a safety company? Again, every company is different here. Uh, we have some companies where we handle all aspects of it for them. Uh, then we have others that have in-house safety people that are looking for us to come and train or to come and do inspections uh, or possibly uh, even consult with them on any issues that they may have. So uh, your typical company is is looking to, one, get in compliance, and then after that, um, once they're in compliance, then, okay, let's grow our safety culture and, and, and make sure everybody knows that this is a safe place to work and, and that's our number one priority to keep them safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a lot of repeat business in, in the safety world? Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of our customers are, are repeat customers. Uh, that's one of the things we pride ourselves on is making sure that they're satisfied. Our inspection reports, I, I believe, are second to none. If the job site allows it, we actually take pictures of any non-imminent danger uh, violations that we see. Uh, we review um, the required information that the contractor is supposed to have on site, uh, whether it's their OSHA logs or you know, their inspection records. Uh, there's a checklist that we go through to make sure that they're always in compliance while we're there. And uh, we actually call our customer before we leave the inspection uh, to review it with them and, and see if they need us to do anything before we, lo- before we leave. That's really unordinary in our business. Uh, we know some of our competitors don't even send the inspection the same day. They'll they'll wait till the end of the month, which in my mind is is, is crazy because you're paying us to come out and help keep the job site safer. And if we're there on a on Tuesday, February second, and, and you don't get your report until February 28th, I mean you're really losing your opportunity to make the corrective action and counsel your person on on why they should be doing uh, what the the policy or the procedure is. Uh, so. I, I really feel like we have an edge that way uh, through our through our communication processes with our customers. And some jobs might be finished in thirty or thirty or sixty days. Oh yeah, you know, like we have roofing residential roofing contractors. They they'll be there for a day or two. Uh, you know, so by the time you get your inspection report, and in that instance, you're, you know, the guy's probably been on fourteen other jobs, and if he's not wearing his harness, which would be the most cited violation, I believe, in that industry. You know, he's probably not wearing his harness on the other six or seven jobs that he's been on, which is leaving the company exposed to OSHA violations and fines, uh, as that is one of the most cited, um, you know, violations that's out there. So our goal isn't to go out and be a safety cop. 
we go out, um, you know, try to find find the things that are good and bad, um, instruct um, instruct them on how to do the things that are bad the correct way, and then also compliment them and be a resource for them. We, we don't want to go out there and have a uh, – we're not going out there to battle with any of the employees. We're, we're there to help them. Um, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, we do have to snap a picture of them not wearing their gloves or their glasses and, and send it into their employer. But um, mainly, more than anything else, we want to be a resource to keep the job safe. That uh, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, again, if you have a question, you can call in on 646-595-4916. We're going to listen to San LaRue number three. Hi, I'm Mike Crandall with Sandler Training, here to talk to you about Sandler Rule number three, no mutual mystification. So what does it mean? Well, let me ask, have you ever entered into a sales call with an expectation that it was going to end one way and then to find out that it did not end that way, but another way, bad or good? Or have you ever been in a meeting with an expectation of what was going to transpire only to find out that that isn't actually what transpired? Both of those are examples of where there was mutual mystification. In general, you can think of mutual mystification as any time when two parties have different expectations and don't take the time to clarify them in advance of the interaction. It's our job as sales professionals to be intentional about finding out what expectations people have, to define phrases and terms in advance that might be misunderstood, to tie up any loose ends, also to make sure that all parties are in sync with what has happened as well as what will happen. I like to say this is summed up by one of my favorite phrases. The source of all the world's frustration is unfulfilled expectation. I'm back with Scott T. Peter Jr. Scott, uh, what is the long-term strategic planning process like at Proactive? Well, our, our parent company looks at you know a five-year plan. We we've kind of always kept it at three years. So we understand what our budget is this year, what we want to achieve in the next two years, and, and we update it on a yearly basis. Uh, I, I've kept it at three. I don't know why, but. It seems to work, and uh, you know, with with being such a young company, I think it helps us. You know, every day we come up with some new idea or or, or new way we could do things, or a different product that we could offer. And uh, with the three-year process, it uh, I think it helps us uh, stay focused on what we're trying to achieve right now. It's interesting when we do a strategic plan with a client in these uh, volatile economic times. We've kind of limited the plan to two years, hard numbers. With a review every year to go another year out, uh, and and, I, and I've been lucky, really. You know, um, most people that start businesses don't have a father like mine, and that's one of the things he's driven home to us. Is you know, you have to plan. Uh, you can't achieve goals if you don't plan them. I guess is what he's always kind of saying to us. So it's yeah. helped having him him guide us through the process. You have a, a 
fixed day every year that you that you do your strategic plan for the next year? Not really. We don't have a fixed day. Uh, our fiscal years uh, operate from October 1st until September 31st. So, you know, we all start getting the emails from our CFO uh, probably two months prior to that, and then we figure out a time and a date and, and take the team, usually off-site for half a day or a day, and figure out what, what we want to accomplish and what we want to do. Uh, it's not something that just comes up out of my head. We we work on it as a team, try to find out the goals uh, of the people that work for us and, and figure out a way to um, you know forecast our uh, results to, to help them achieve their goals as well. We have a theory of operation here that uh, simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, if you want to solve a complex problem, you need to have an equally complex solution. Perhaps you could share with other CEOs who are listening, Scott, a complex problem that you encountered at Proactive and the equally complex solution that you you came up with to solve the problem with your team. And maybe that's applicable to another industry. Yeah, for us, uh, you know, at first was, I think one of our problems was documenting our, our actual sales appointments, being able to uh, review that information as a team and, and figure out strategies to move forward with it. Uh, it. It wasn't very hard to fix. You know, I guess it was complex because um, when we started, you know, you're, you, we're trying to set up our customer relations management system and um, we got a, the guy we actually hired um, and brought on was kind of new to sales. So we ended up figuring out a way that um, with our system, uh, he goes to the, his uh, appointments. Uh, we have uh, pretty much a can list of questions that he's going to ask that, that help drive the result that we're looking for from the meeting. And then uh, he actually, now the solution is, is before he goes on to his next appointment, he can he can update all the information right from his phone, save it. Uh, we actually use that to generate his expense reports uh, for his mileage driven. So that's always driven me crazy, seeing your salesperson on a Tuesday morning from 9 to 12 working on an expense or a commission report when they could be selling. So we've uh, been able to kind of take that problem and, and turn it into not only a, a more efficient solution for us to get the information, but also save some of our uh, salesperson's time for filling out the commission and the expense report at the end of the month. So uh, is that a homegrown solution or is that a commercial CRM product that you're using? What we use the CRM is called Zoho, Z-O-H-O. I believe they're an Indian company. Uh, the reason why we picked them initially was they were free. You know, we're a startup business. We're not on the free version anymore. Um, there, I believe there's three levels there, but it's one of the coolest computer programs I've ever used. Uh, it allows you to pretty much set up any processes you want. We have all of our reports automated. Um, so with our processes, and as long as our salespeople are filling out the information the way they should, the way they should, I could technically go all week without talking to them, get my reports on Saturday or Sunday morning, review them, and then be ready for the meeting on Monday. So. It really works out great for us. Uh, it's one of the, uh, I think, the best things we could have ever done because it allows uh, complete control of our sales process from knowing who the client is, where they're at as far as if they need a quote or if they don't need a quote, and what kind of, you know, not only you know in the sales process, but once they become a customer, there's all the processes built in to follow up with them and, um, you know, send them marketing material and, and things like that. That's good. Over here at Sandler, over the last few years, we've perfected the Microsoft CRM Sandler sales process templates, Act, and Salesforce.com. Yeah. And then 
created a separate, I believe it's Java-based app, which can be integrated with other CRMs. Okay. It's more expensive because it's a special integration. Sure. Honestly. Yeah, we, you know, Salesforce, we've been through their demonstration. Uh, it's obviously a little bit, little bit more expensive than what we use now. I have to say that it did look like a pretty cool product from the lead gathering standpoint. Uh, you can pretty much target based on employees, industry type, you know, and all different things that you would want to know to try to target your customers. And inside of the CRM, if you have the right plan, you can say, okay, I want 15 new ones today in this in particular one. It goes through your account database to make sure you don't haven't already talked to them and then puts the leads right there for you. So, creates the call list for today for the salesperson. Yeah, I mean, it does. Uh, you know, the way we do ours is, is we, we have a service where we get our leads monthly, and, and then we, it's a kind of more of a manual process, but we tend to like doing that a little bit because I think it's really important in any business if you're going to target a certain group of people that you, you're calling on, your, or, or your people or yourself or whoever's doing it is calling on the people that you want them to call on. Well, making cold calls is an extremely uh Expensive operation. I was talking to one of our other CEOs today, and he, we were talking about what the cost of cold calls in his company was, hard cash, and he was wasn't happy until we said came up with a number that was north of four hundred thousand dollars a year. Wow, we're we're near that, but we actually know what an appointment costs us. Uh, we've known. Every step of the way, what an appointment costs us, what it costs us to get a quote. Um, so it's knowing those things are half the battle. Once you know them and you know the variables, then you can create a plan to you know, be more successful. Sure. What kind of uh, uh, tracking do you get out of that? For every 10 opportunities that you send a sales, deploy a salesperson to, how many result in proposals? Uh, for us, we're at about 50%. 50%. Uh, Sometimes higher, sometimes lower, but let's take fifty percent and not bad. And for every ten proposals you give out, how many close turn to clients? Uh, every month's different. Uh, as a company, we've been pretty fortunate. Um, last year, we've, we've done a lot more quoting, so I think our percentage has gone down a little bit. But we're right around thirty-five, forty percent. We actually turn into a sale if you take dollar amounts. You know what's quoted out to what comes in a sale. So. That's one of the things that always looks good to our, uh, you know, our owners and our shareholders is that uh, we, we we produce a very good margin on the products that we sell and, and we have a pretty good conversion rate. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I met you is, is ours was slipping a little bit, so we we've, we've made some adjustments. But uh, you know, it's half the battle, you know, getting people to pick up the phone and, and get out there to get the appointments. But I know that if if we have 15 appointments per week, that we're going to generate a certain amount of quotes. And based on our closing percentage, even at its very lowest level, I can obtain my goal. So it's kind of a system to us. Uh, you know, sometimes you hear people say, uh, just, you know, focus on the process. Keep making sure you're focused on the process and not the result. It's a key performance indicator. And, and uh, in every industry is different. Uh, and, and that's the thing that I try to, to strive to our people is just keep doing the things that you're doing. Um, if, if we notice something going off a baseline or what we think it should be, then we're going to look into it and see how we can see what we can do to fix it. But we know that we have quality products. We know that our prices are competitive. Uh, so for us, it's just a matter of uh, getting out there and getting the opportunities. Okay. 
what about growth? If you brought in a lot more business in the next 12 months than you anticipated in your strategic plan, could you be able to accommodate that? Yeah, we're very fortunate in that aspect. Um, TP Mechanical has uh, four safety people employed on staff. Um, we actually have two that work for us as well as a whole network of subcontractors. So, uh, you know, the people at TP Mechanical might not like to hear, but, you know, if we get really busy, we can always rely on um, the, the resources that we have there as well as we're always constantly interviewing and looking for uh, good qualified people to help us out. So, uh, I, I really definitely think we could we could take double than what we have right now, really, with the, the way that we have everything set up. Um, do I think that'll happen? I'm not sure, but you know, if it does, uh, I believe we're ready for it. Good, good. Are there any industries that you uh, that you don't work in that you've blacklisted? I haven't necessarily said that we're blacklisted or anything. When you start getting into uh, safety process management mm-hmm. uh, and big chemical companies, stuff like that. We don't really feel that that's a strong point for us. Um, we have had a couple opportunities that we've turned down. Uh, we had an opportunity with a steel company. Uh, it's funny that we turned it down, but uh, we just didn't feel the commitment was there uh, from the upper management to well, actually the steel company. Uh, the steel company to to one the facility to fix the facilities and, and do the things necessary to uh, you know to, to to really turn their their culture and company around. Um, that that's not saying that we wouldn't work with any other steel companies. We've actually been on site at uh, uh, AK Steel before, but it's you know we have to feel like that they want to move forward to make their company safer and that they're really going to stand behind it. Um, this was a very big undertaking for us at the you know I think the second or third year we were in business. So we looked at it as something that yeah it would be great to have that business, but if it's not going to help. If we don't feel like the, the upper management's going to support it, then we're really going to be wasting their time and money, and it's going to hurt our reputation. And we didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And you you stick more or less to the Ohio and the surrounding states. Yeah, I mean, we've worked already. You know, out in uh, Missouri, we've had a client in Missouri. Um, okay. We've had a couple of national clients that we've done different work in different cities and states for. So. Like I said, if the opportunity's right, we're, we're definitely. So if a big opportunity turned up in. Uh, Louisiana, you'd be there. And it... Yeah, if it was the right one, we'd try to figure out a way to make it happen. Uh, luckily for us, too, some of the services that we sell, we we do offer online training. So that can be purchased anywhere in the country. It used to be the world. Uh, OSHA, you know, if it's an OSHA class now, you can only do it for whatever reason. I'm not exactly sure why, but you can only do it within the country. Really? Uh, so there is some opportunities. And then uh, one of the things that is unique to us is we offer the, the guaranteed lowest price on personal protective equipment. And uh, the guy we work with on that, he actually can can ship anywhere in the world, so it works out great for us. So things like safety boots, goggles. Yeah, safety boots, goggles, glasses. Uh, you know, we'll match any price out there. Um, so far, we've I think a couple times have been questioned, and, and we were able to uh, to uh, you know beat the price that they were getting from somebody else. Uh, we don't. That's not really our specialty as a, as a company. We, we work with a partner on that, and uh, it works out great for us. I can understand that, that you don't really manufacture safety equipment. No, and, and really that, that's not why we got into it, to, to sell safety equipment. Some of our competitors, that's a big part of their business. Uh, you know, Our goal and mission is to help make companies safer. And, yeah, you could say personal protective equipment will do that, but there's only there's probably a hundred people out there, you know, in the Cincinnati market selling that, whereas we're maybe one of ten that are selling the services that we sell. There are only 
10 nationwide? No, in our market, oh, in, in Cincinnati. Like, you know, basically looking at that aspect of the business, there was so much competition, we didn't feel like it was really going, we weren't going to make much of a difference. The market was already kind of flooded with those guys. It's kind uh, of like advertising specialty. Right. You know, it's hard to make any real decent money in that product line. More of a commodity, I guess. It's been a terrible commodity. Right. A uh, multitude of both domestic and uh, foreign competitors, and a lot of middlemen who put your name on the pen mm-hmm. and have the pen made in China, but put your name on here in the States. So it's a, it's a funny business like that. We're going to take a uh, final commercial break here. If you have a question for Scott, the number is 646 595 49 This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Finding power and reinforcement is what it's all about. Today, I want to tell you about the ways that our clients have found to fix their companies and lives. Earn more money. I'm not for everyone. I'm expensive, tough, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want to have great financial results, we need to talk. Albert Einstein said insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. If you're serious, dedicated to getting better, and want to earn more money by selling more to balance your budget, we need to talk. Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-753-9400, extension 102. Tell me your toughest business problems, then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting, 513-753-9400, extension 102, on the web at rothconsulting.net. Why do some business owners make lots of money while others endure years of mediocrity? Is it really the economy, the market, the weather, the competition? No. These are all called excuses which are always plentiful. Hi, I'm Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. As a business owner or part of a team, are you accepting excuses from your sales team because you make them yourself? Business winners succeed in spite of this trash. Business winners invest in themselves and their people. For over 15 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing your sales, call me at 513-646-6523. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. To find out how Sandler training can make you better, faster, and stronger, call 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Scott T.P. Jr. Uh, Scott, uh, I'd like to ask leaders like yourself who are leading a company, how many employees do you have now in Proactive? Four. Maybe you can give... uh, other CEOs or chief operating officers like yourself, uh, a leadership tip. You know, the, the thing that I found to be the most effective for me, and I don't know what it is, but no matter what your business, no matter what you do, try to make the job as fun as you can for the people that work for you. Uh, you know, you literally, sometimes it is tough to go to work every day and, and, and you, everybody has their challenges, but Try to have fun and, and most importantly, uh, celebrate your, your wins. Uh, I, I can't tell you how, how important that is, uh, you know, just for the morale of the company, uh, to, to let everybody know that you do, you do enjoy winning. Um, 
and uh, there's rewards for winning. So that's the one tip I could give, I guess. Are you doing anything to instill a, a company culture? At the, at the moment, we're, we're so small. I don't, you know, it's tough to say. One, one of the things I, I did do is, 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 I, is I did ask for everybody's goals. Um, and, you know, we sat down with everybody and, and found out, you know, what their salary goals are, what, what some of their personal goals are, and, and how as a company, you know, if we can achieve certain results, how they can achieve their goals. Uh, I think that's really helped because now I think everybody is, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're paying them, writing their paychecks, but I feel like they really feel like they're working for themselves and, and not for us. Um, and I think that is a big culture thing. If, if your people don't like their job and, and they're coming to work and feeling like you're just grinding on them all the time, that, that they're going to have a tough time to be happy and, and successful. Uh, are you looking to add uh, new people to your company this year? We are actually uh, looking into that right now. I don't necessarily know we're ready to hire anybody today. But I, I think we will be in the next uh, two or three months. Uh, it takes us a little bit of time to hire somebody. Uh, typically, it takes about three months uh, from the time you do phone interviews and have HR screen them and come back and in-person interviews and 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 then you know obviously I think we're going to implement some of your profiling processes in our our um, process this time. So we are definitely looking to grow. Uh, it's just I don't know exactly when that will be. Okay. Uh, I guess that's a function of how many new pieces of business you bring on. I think it has a little bit to do with that. Uh, you know, I think the next two months are, are pretty crucial months for us. Uh, you know, first three months of the year, we, we want to show positive results. And we've proven over the first three years that we think that our model is scalable. It's just uh, we want to have a little bit more proof. Uh, I think everybody in our company tends to be on the conservative side, so... We want to we want to feel good about the choices and decisions we make going forward. No, conservative here in Cincinnati, I can't believe it. Yeah, I'm the, they actually give me a hard time because they say that I'm probably one of the least conservative ones. But our CFO is probably one of the most conservative people I've ever met, and I, I love the guy. He uh, he's always there for us, and, and he always gives us the best advice. I think we could get from a CFO, so it works out well. Sometimes you learn as a Chief Operating Officers and CEOs from Chief Financial Officers. I had a guy like that early in my career who was an old Dutchman, and, you know, he had the wooden pennies. <laughs> well, ours isn't, you know, I wouldn't call him cheap or anything like that. I just think that, you know, it's, I, that's one of the things I'm so lucky at. You know, I have my father, um, and then our executive team at TV Mechanical, along with our board, is probably second to none, I think, in our area. And, you know, I can just pick up the phone any time of the day and, and, and call Tom Wilson, our CFO, and he's gonna he's gonna provide me with the may not I might not agree with the advice, but he's gonna provide me with the advice that I think is usually best for our business. So I'm I'm pretty lucky in that aspect. Sure. You you have reliance from other people that you trust that are virtually on the team, while not on the payroll. Well, Tom, I think is kind of part of our team. He 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 handles all of our financial statements, and uh, we sit with him when we do our financial review on a monthly basis. And he's really helped out on the strategic side of things as well, and on when to make the moves that we make, and 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 you know how to kind of go through uh, the process of hiring somebody, or the process of adding a new product, or you know what are the cost ramifications for everything that you do. So. He really helps keep us grounded and, and uh, definitely always has great advice for us. So very fortunate. 
you mentioned earlier that you have a, a internet uh, safety learning system. Could you tell our audience a little bit about that? Yeah, we we partnered with Click Safety, who actually was one of the first ones to go online with the online training for safety. Uh, they offer over 275 different courses. Uh, in English, uh, not all of them are in Spanish, but a big majority of them are. The ones that are like the popular sellers, I guess, would be in Spanish. Uh, and it's really nice. You can take the training. You know, I don't believe you can do it on your smartphone yet, but I know you can do it on a tablet, uh, your computer, wherever you know you would want to do it. Uh, we offer a 25% discount for all of our customers as long as they sign up through our site. At, um, the discount code is uh, PA Safety 25, and I think that puts us. Um, right about uh, the best deal you can get online. And uh, it's convenient for em- em- employees and, and employers. Uh, a lot of times what a lot of employers don't understand is it's their responsibility to train the employees, but they also have to pay them to train them. So one of the ways that uh, employers will get around that is they'll require that a class or a, a certain topic needs to be mastered before you actually become on, become an employee. So what they'll do is uh, for hiring them, the contingency to hire is that this class is completed. They'll send them our information on where to sign up, and the person can go online, finish their class, and then start with the company. So that's a little bit simpler than the sales online training that we have. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm guessing it is. Uh, I've I've taken a lot of the courses myself. Uh, you know, the, a lot of great courses. And one that I would highly recommend for everybody is is defensive driving. If you have people that are out there driving for you. Um, at the workplace, or your wife, you know, wrecks your car a little bit too often, or whatever the scenario is, it's a great class. Uh, it's kind of like, well, you feel like you're 16 again, sitting there being told all these things. But um, once you take the class and, and you actually start riding around with people, you start to understand that it's probably a pretty good idea that everybody takes this class because there's little things in driving you can do to keep yourself safer, and um, that's one that anybody could take, and I highly recommend taking it if you get a chance. That's good. That's good. Uh, over at Sandler, we uh, our uh, third or fourth uh, version of online uh, sales training, we're using uh, Cornerstone. And uh, we started by providing the basic Sandler Foundations course uh, in, in Cornerstones. And we allowed people to take a test or proficiency at the end of the course. And uh, we are at the beginning stages of Sandler certification with four levels of certification in Sandler sales and Sandler management. There's, there's different studies out there. You know, some say that people retain better online. I think it's up to the individual. Uh, we are starting to see some of the school districts, they're actually implementing uh, online environments where half the day spent um, learning online. You see that a lot in the um, I guess in the, the poverty-stricken type districts where it's tough to get compliance, you know, with the students to pay attention. But uh, it's very interesting. I think it's just at the very beginning of where, where it will go. Yeah, well, some people learn from reading. Some people learn from hearing. Other people learn from doing. They say that if you uh, see something and then do it yourself, you have about an 80% better retention rate than if you either hear it or see it alone. Right. The doing part is, or the kinesthetic part is uh, absolutely critical to making people uh, better trained, whether it's in safety or sales. Um, 
Could you tell uh, our audience what else you're doing on the Internet to grow your business? Yeah, we do all sorts of things. Uh, we're trying to do what's called inbound marketing. Um, we use our blog to do that. I'm sure you've heard that term thrown around out there. Uh, no, inbound marketing using the web. Tell us exactly what you mean by that. Well, it's it, it kind of a it can be a very detailed process or, you know, you can keep it really simple. Essentially, we're trying to provide content through our website and our blog that is going to drive people to our site. Uh, we're also, you know, trying to take other content that's out there and, and post it on our blog and summarize it on our blog so that others can can, can learn about it. And, and typically, you know, what it is is more or less you're doing all these different things. Um, you're, you're getting yourself a content present on, on the Internet. And by doing that, People are going to see your see your name. They're going to see your brand, and they're going to want to contact you when they have a need. Uh, and we don't have the, the actual statistics on how much it's helped us grow our business, but I can tell you this: that since we started, we've been able to pretty much double our sales every year, and we've been using that same process um, since the very beginning of our company. So, is one person in your company responsible for that process? We all kind of play a part. Um, we have our operations manager. He, he does a little bit. Our, our, our sales manager, our salesperson, Jack, he, he's the one that, that really drives the bus there. Uh, but we all have different things that, that need to happen. Yeah, uh, I understand. Uh, some companies use outside suppliers. It sounds like you're doing most of it in-house. Yeah, we, we do do most of it in-house. Now, for our mechanical contracting company, we do contract a, a company to help us out with it. Uh, however, we've kind of ingrained it really into the sales process to make it just a normal function of everyday business. So it's not something that I don't, I don't think anybody looks at in our in, in practice. Yeah, that that's something like, oh man, I got to do this today. It's it's just part of the process, and you know, it, it goes into just you know, you have a customer, are you, are you following them on LinkedIn? Are you following their company on Man? Are you following them on Twitter? I mean. All these little things doesn't seem like a big deal, and I've heard some people even say that's stupid. Why are you wasting your time doing that? Well, there's a reason we waste our time to do that because that by us doing it, they they start to know who we are. Right. right. We had uh, happened today a uh, CEO uh, followed me on LinkedIn, so I picked up the phone and called him and said thank you. Had a conversation to find out when a piece of business was going to happen. Uh, we're just about out of time here, Scott. I'm going to be giving you a copy of one of Sandler's new books, the 49 Sandler Rules, so you can find out about the 48 rules you didn't hear about today's show. Uh, Thank you. Thanks again for coming. And, uh, Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.